Hello, everybody, to a new Mommyhood of Thread. Today, we have here, Steph, how are you today? Good. Saludos, everybody. And today, Steph and I are going to be talking about modern romance. So today, we'll be talking about what we saw from our parents growing up, what some cultural expectations were, how we are doing marriage in today's world, and then what we'll pass on to our kids in the future. So today I'm really excited because we have a special guest and it is my friend Priya. And this is super exciting because Priya and I went to high schools in the same area, but we worked together in high school. So we were able to become friends there. And yeah, Priya, I'm excited to have you here because you have a, a lot to share as well from cultural expectations from your end with your background. So in every episode, like Luz was saying, we usually talk about our experiences as first generation growing up in in the country and stuff. So Priya, how would you describe your childhood and talk to us a little bit about how you grew up? So I would say my childhood was was confusing. And I hate using that word because my uncle always used the word ABCD, which was American born confused Desi. And (laughs) Desi is a word that describes anyone from like the Indian subcontinent. I would say that because my parents were immigrants and we lived in a house with my dad's brothers and their kids. And I was like the Indian girl at home. And then I would bring some of my culture with me to school because I was a vegetarian. I didn't know English even though I was born here because my parents insisted that I didn't speak English in the house. So I didn't get to master the skill um, growing up. It was like fun and hectic at home, but kind of confusing at school because when kids would talk about things, I didn't understand that what I was doing at at home wasn't normal. Like what kids were doing, like they would talk about like the color of their bedroom. And I'm like, I sleep on a mattress with like the rest of my cousins (laughs) in in our living room. But it was interesting and it was fun. It was just figuring out who I was was really Mm -hmm. difficult. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like confusing is the best way to describe it because I've connected that a little bit too. It felt like inside the home was a whole different world from outside. Like at least in my home, we only spoke Spanish between the four of us, my parents, my sister and I. And then going to the outside world, it was English. I even went by a different name, Priya, you know this, like inside the home my parents called me Fernanda my middle name which is kind of like customary in our culture Mm -hmm. like you go by a different name and then the outside world I was loose and whenever a friend would hear my parents call me Fernanda it was like wait do you have a different name or something and I hated it as a child I hated it and that's part of the confusion that's like part of our cultures you know I think that's so true it feels it does feel like two different worlds and you're balancing yourself between both I also grew up with like a lot of cousins which was super fun actually I loved growing up so close to my family and my cousins were like my best friends growing up yeah I feel like the whole cousin connection is a a special kind of connection like we had only boy cousins growing up but it it was something that we could all connect to so it was a special Mm -hmm. bond that we all had to just understanding without even talking about it yeah, yeah I, I have 26 cousins and then second cousins and third cousins. <laughs> so, but like you get to see your identity in them and yes. then you can talk about things and figure out like what you're going to do at school if someone's like talking crap about you or like, exactly. how do you get to go out on a Friday and get your parents to say yes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh my God. That's so true. Also like older cousins, they kind of school you on stuff. 
like you're saying Priya they kind of tell you like what's up and like how to navigate stuff that's so true I feel like the three of us have very different situations but it allows us to connect on the same level so Steph do you want to describe a little bit about what you saw marriage was like growing up yeah so growing up my parents were not together growing up they divorced when I was a baby and I think a lot of my a lot of in my family like I did have uncles and aunts that were still married and together but for the most part I would say my parents weren't together a lot of my cousin's parents were not together and even especially friends from school their parents were more often than not not together as well so I thought divorce was very normal and I never really had an understanding of why it was difficult when people's parents split up and I really didn't have a sensitivity to it I was just kind of like okay everybody's freaking divorced like who the fuck cares (laughs) (laughs) moving on yeah and I really didn't have the sensitivity to it and now that I'm older I can see how that's really hard especially for a kid and stuff you know because I have a kid now and I'm married and I'm like yeah this would be hard but growing up it was just so like okay this is the norm I never thought it was a big deal eventually my mom had another partner but In terms of romance, I don't remember seeing a lot of romance. I didn't grow up with a lot of conversations about healthy relationships or obviously never had a conversation about sex. It was just, we didn't really talk about those things. You grow up and no one ever talks to you about dating. And then you're supposed to grow up and then go get married where no one ever had a conversation with you about dating and sex or anything. So, you know, that's, that's a little context on me. Yeah. What about you, Luz and Priya? How was that for you guys? So growing up in my home, my parents still together to this day, all our friends' parents still together, everything is is good. But I will say that machismo was very present in the home. And growing up in America, it's not something that you really see in the outside world compared to the inside world. And also I was very Americanized too and liberal, like on a soapbox from early on, like that's not right. And seeing my dad treat my mom like that, The result there was that I didn't want to date Latino men growing up. And I was actually very adamant about it. And reflecting back as a teenager, it was probably disrespectful the way that I, I spoke about Latino men, just seeing from how I saw my dad. It wasn't bad. It was just a different culture than the culture that I was seeing in my world. My mom, sometimes she grumbled about it and she still does, but it's still very much there. So that's what it was like growing up. Obviously, I got over it. I I dated Latino men later in life. It was actually college was a turning point for me because I got exposed to our culture more, just meeting more people from the community. And I remember I had this guidance counselor, like he was an advisor. And he was like, you know, not all Latino men are like your dad. You are going to school with Americanized Latinos as well, similar to you. So there's different expectations there and different beliefs, just like you. So that was a a turning point for me. And that's kind of where things started changing for me. But yeah, different from you, Steph, but also with the culture, Mm -hmm. machismo, very prominent. So Priya, the reason that we have you here today is to talk about your culture and your cultural expectations in the dating world growing up and how that affected the beginnings of your marriage to your husband. So Priya, do you want to talk about what you saw growing up from your parents? You know, I saw my parents as two caretakers that divvied up the roles of who needs to do what in the house. Dad does the lawn and takes out the garbage and they've been together since they got married, but they only knew each other for eight days before they got engaged. So my grandparents introduced them. 
they talked for like 10 minutes alone and they were both like, all right, let's get married. I was like, okay. I asked my parents questions and my mom's like, well, I saw 10 other guys before your dad and I didn't like them. And then I met your dad and I liked him. And I was like, well, what did you like? And she was just like, I don't know. Like, I didn't, I liked wow. him better than the other guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and how old were you when you first started having these conversations, like asking your parents? I knew I wasn't allowed to ask about it when I was younger, like Indian children, especially Indian female children do what they're told. They don't ask questions. If you're upset, you go and cry in the bathroom or a closet. Otherwise you're going to get in trouble. Mm -hmm. And so I think I was like maybe eight or nine. And I asked my, my mom and dad, one of them. And I was like, how come you don't kiss each other when you leave the house? And the look on my mom's face was like, I can't believe you fucking asked me that. (gasps) like she didn't answer me and I was like all right off limits not asking (laughs) questions for another five or six years wow that's crazy is it because what you were seeing on tv and stuff like I think we kind of picked up on it after Mm -hmm. a while like you know romance is kind of present in some marriages (laughs) yeah yeah I learned everything I needed to know about romance and life from full house which turns out is (laughs) that true (laughs) (laughs) oh if only if only (laughs) um so then the first time we had a real conversation was when I wanted to go to prom oh and my mom was like you can go to prom if you go to go with an Indian guy but you're not dating but I was never explicitly told that I was getting an arranged marriage. I just knew it was coming because the movies we watched and subliminally they'd be talking about things like so-and-so's kid is around this kid's age and the parents in our community would be talking about those things. Yeah. And so I wasn't friends with anyone Indian that I was close to. And it felt weird to go up to like the maybe two other Indian males in my school and be like hey would you go to prom with me because my mom says I can go if you if you take me so I didn't go to prom and I, it didn't feel like a big loss because I didn't participate in a lot of things because of the culture I didn't have a curfew it was like you went to school and you came home unless right. you worked right or yeah. you had like a school related event yeah um, I was gonna say could you even go to like football games at least no way that was one of the few things to do in our town yeah and homecoming was a big thing now you know I was the editor of the yearbook my senior year of high school and I would have to stay late for like deadline submissions and by late I mean like five or six o'clock right and my mom was like this isn't right woman showed up at my school looking for me no she was walking yeah because she was so afraid that if someone found out that I was dating that I wouldn't get an arranged marriage because then you've tarnished the name. There's so much control, right? And so when I went to college, like Wilson, who's now my partner, is one of the first friends I made. I didn't date him until two years later. But when I started dating him, I was like, screw it. I'm telling my parents, I'm not living this double world like I did in high school because I got to remove myself from their home. There was less control. Right. So my mom's like, I'll talk to your dad because I could never deliver any type of news to my parents. My dad had always told me, if you have something to tell, first you tell your mom. Wow. Because dads and daughters didn't engage like that. Yeah, we'd watch cartoons together, which was fun, but it was nothing serious. Mm -hmm. 
So my mom's like, all right, I'll talk to him. And then this was the only conversation I had with sex on her. And she literally looked me in the eyes, stuck her finger in my face and was like, no monkey business. And then walked away. (laughs) Monkey business? No, just sex, right? (laughs) I have so much more questions now. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So did that... So that was them giving you the green light to go ahead and date Wilson? It felt like it. And she's like, dad's not happy. And it just felt like I wanted to celebrate my relationship with them because I had found someone that I trusted. I had known him for two years. Like my dad met him on the first day of college because Wilson had moved in early and he was one of the people that helped other people move in. Oh my God, that's beautiful. He told me that story, I think, eight years after we had started dating. Uh But it was this constant back and forth. And so when I was at home for a break, I felt this pressure because they weren't talking to me. There was just, you know, this weird silence and tension. No one would name what it was. And everybody was still eating and watching TV. But I it didn't feel the same because I knew they were mad at me. And mm-hmm. I couldn't take it. So we would break up every once in a while when I was at home because I didn't know how to navigate that pressure. How do I have a relationship with my parents in the, in the cultural way while still having my relationship with the person I love? Mm-hmm. And then I finally put my foot down and said, no, he's the right person for me. And I don't think my dad and I had like a real conversation for three years. Like, Wow. He would talk to me, right? I I was diagnosed with lupus around that time. So he was concerned about my health. So I knew he cared about me, mm-hmm. but I also knew he hated that I was dating someone mm-hmm. and also dating someone that wasn't Indian. What's for everybody, what's Wilson's background? Oh, he is uh, Chinese. His parents were also immigrants and he grew up living with his dad and his grandmother because his parents were divorced. Mm-hmm. So My parents understood that, oh, it's another Asian culture. We appreciate that. But then when they heard about the divorce, they're like, oh, what if he wants to divorce you and have that panic? Mm -hmm. Because as today, divorce rates in India have gone up. But 10, 15 years ago, that wasn't something that people talked about. Mm -hmm. So it's crazy how divorce is such a, I mean, I understand that it's like a very big life event and it's not the most positive, but that it's actually looked down upon. I mean, you're already navigating the breakup of your partnership and then you're being judged for it by people in your own culture, or other cultures. Like yeah. the stigma around it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So, so you were given the go ahead to, to date Wilson and everything. How does he get along with your parents now that you have two beautiful girls, you have your own home and happy family? They love him. Yesterday and Friday, he was there with them without me, which is really cool. But similar to, to you, Luz, my mom's always like, make sure he's happy. You know, oh, did you no. make dinner? I'm like, no, I'm too tired today. We're going to order out. And she's like, well, is Wilson okay with that? I do the cooking because I enjoy cooking, not just because mm-hmm. I'm the, the female partner. Right. Um, right. But when we were living there with them for a little bit before we bought this house, Wilson started vacuuming one day early on and my mom lost it. She's like, Priya, he's vacuuming. Go get it. I'm like, well, he made a mess. <laughs> he needs to fucking vacuum. <laughs> So it's so funny because I think my mom is also like not, I would say a little bit 
I didn't I like machismo and stuff like I didn't see too much of it because I, I was raised around a lot of women and stuff but there are so many expectations of gender roles and like everything you guys are saying so my husband likes to cook and I hate to cook and he's Colombian and my family's from DR so he has learned to make things like the Dominican way like he'll make beans how we make them and he learned how to make moro like rice with beans and stuff in it and my mom thinks that that's so hilarious every time I talk to her and every now and then she'll be like is he cooking and then she's legit hysterically laughing like it's so funny I'm like yeah he cooked <laughs> and like I was she'll, she'll be like what did you make or did Steven cook and I'm like <laughs> I'm like yes bitch he cooked he likes it and he learned to do it and we're eating and it's fine yes <laughs> my mom thinks it's so funny that I don't cook at home <laughs> it's like how dare you <laughs> how dare I always you? get you're so lucky like he helps out around the house and I'm like no we're partners this mm-hmm. is how it works yep Yep. And obviously we love our parents. They're amazing people, but I think it's something that they're still wrapping their heads around. My mom is a little bit more Americanized, so she gets it, even though she insists on me serving Mike first, which is hilarious. And then, but my dad actually doesn't tell me, my dad doesn't actually give it to me. So I wonder if it's more like the common thread here is the expectations from our moms. Like, this is what we were supposed to do growing up. How come you're not Mm -hmm. doing it growing up? So going back, Priya, I just want to understand if it's okay if we go back to arranged marriage and what the expectations were there. Like, what is the the process? Were they already looking at potential prospects for you? Like, how did that work and how did you feel? I never asked them if they were looking for potential prospects because I didn't want to hint that I was interested at all. But my cousins had arranged marriages, my older cousins. And the way it works is you have what's called a biodata resume, or now these days you can do it on online too. And you mail it out to families and it has a picture of you, your education, your weight, your siblings, their education, your parents' education. Excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. What? All right, guys, yeah. I'm sorry though. Can can I be or be my child just took a tremendous shit? Yes. <laughs> We'll cut. We'll pause for a second. To our regularly scheduled programming. So, (laughs) Bria, you were giving us details about arranged marriage. So, you were saying what's included on the Biodata resumes. So it was your educational history, perhaps your GPA if you did well, but if it's not on there, then there's questions. Your weight, your parents' education, and then the, the caste that your family's from because you're supposed to marry into the same caste. Mm-hmm. If you married into a higher caste, that would be awesome, but that caste probably is not likely to say yes to meeting mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. So you set Sorry, up these a, dates. I have a question. For mm-hmm. reference, like a cast, that's like the class system, right? In yep. your, okay, gotcha. Yeah, the, the social cast, uh, class system, which is based on what you're born into, even the color of your skin. If you're lighter skin, you tend to be a higher cast. Mm-hmm. I don't fully understand it and I need to, but I really don't want to because it feels so traumatizing to understand that because yes. it's colorism and, and like a form of racism that's practiced regularly over there. Right. 
So yeah. And then you meet the the people that want to meet you with the parents there and then decide whether you're going to continue the conversation. And then you might talk a few times and then you get engaged. So I have a question about the, the bio data resume. Huh? Is it like a template that exists or like, is it kind of <laughs> like a resume where everyone looks different? <laughs> every, every, which one looks different. I mean, but I looked at, I think it was one of my cousins who got a bunch and it looked like a regular resume template instead mm. of where the headline says accomplishments or skills. Like you have your family's background, the name of your brother, his age, his education, and then wow. like section for your parents and their education and their salary. Wow. Yeah. The salaries too? There are t- There's ones that I've seen with salaries. It depends on what you want to put on there. And I never screened any and I never intended to make my own. When I got to college, I told my parents, I'm not doing that. And they're like, okay. You can marry an Indian man of your choosing. Oh, <laughs> thank like, you so much. You pick. Yeah. <laughs> but he has to be Hindu and he has to be a Patel because Patel in India means where you're from, the state and mm-hmm. kind of the area of India. We're from mm-hmm. Gujarat, but it doesn't mean you're related to anyone mm-hmm. and particularly like we have middle names. So my middle name is my dad's name. So okay. when they ask you what your middle name is, they can trace down your lineage. And that's how they make sure that you're not related to someone. But also mm-hmm. that women are property, but that's a whole nother conversation. Wow. But yeah. And so when I was like, I'm dating a Chinese guy and my dad's like, that's not Indian. Mm-hmm. I know. That's <laughs> why I said he's Chinese. So yeah, that's kind of an overview of mm-hmm. biodata resumes. Going up to that moment counts. So like your grades and everything. So there's an even another layer of pressure on all these other things that People wouldn't even give a second thought about. I guess I'm kind of noticing in all of us sharing stuff that it's like, but where was the romance growing up? There was not really too much romance. And again, I I don't want to make it seem like I didn't see love or healthy relationships and stuff, which I did, but it just looks different because what you were saying earlier, Priya, it's like you watch TV and kids are going on dates like, hey, mom, someone's picking me up at eight o'clock. And it's like, what? (laughs) That's a thing. Um, And you kind of just see your parents as providers, like you said, caretakers doing what they got to do, like always with the family. I don't think I witnessed a date night, like adults in my life when I was young. So it's interesting because like it's different, but not so much romance growing up it sounds like for any of us yeah yeah Yeah. I I knew that there was love in the home just like you just said Steph but I just remember taking more note of the machismo and everything and the frustrations there's this saying and I really think about it a lot where it was it's you don't realize when you're a kid growing up that your parents are growing up too and Mm -hmm. that was our parents growing up my parents came here together from another country in their 20s and they are in a new world. So they're evolving themselves. And I think that was also a, a played a big role. My mom being a little bit more Americanized and adapting to the culture. My dad, obviously as well, Americanized, but he really makes such a point of clinging onto his roots. He even watches the Chilean TV at home. He says like what the weather is in Chile, not what the weather is in the US, you know, as a joke, obviously he's not like deranged, but you know, (laughs) but, but they're, they're growing up too. And it's, and that's, that goes the same for their marriage and you can either grow apart or you can grow together. I had seen an Instagram post because I follow some people that, that post about what it's like to be Indian American. And one thing that I remember seeing was that when my parents left India in the early 80s, 
they are frozen in that culture and in that time and they bring that with them here. Whereas if you were to go to India now, you might hear like, oh, we don't do that anymore. The arranged marriages are still present, but they're not always as common in uh, like, you know, pockets of regions. Mm-hmm. And the people like my parents that are here don't know that things have changed. So they still live by these like, what feel like archaic rules versus right. what's actually going on because they left and they took what they knew at the time and brought it here and stayed stuck in like a time capsule. Yep. Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah. I feel the same yeah. way about my dad. I even talked to my cousins in Chile and they're like, yeah, we don't do that anymore. Like that's a really old school way of thinking. And you don't even realize because you're not exposed to it every day either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah. we've talked a lot about our past and a little bit about our present and everything. So I think we can all say we have pretty equal partnerships and lots of love in the home. So Steph, what do you think is the biggest difference between your parents growing up and how your marriage is today? I think the biggest difference is definitely like gender roles and division of household responsibility and and things like that. My mom, she worked, but she was also in charge of everything at home. So cooking, cleaning the kids, and she worked. So I think in my marriage, it's everything is pretty much, I think one of you guys were mentioning earlier, I mean, chores are very like split evenly, obviously. My husband cooks. I don't. <laughs> I'll, I'll do laundry. You know, we're, we're both pretty hands-on with the baby. So I don't feel like every time the baby cries, like it's on me to pick her up or if she wakes up in the middle of the night to make a bottle. Like we we're both pretty, we're like a team. And I think that, you know, my husband was the one that said that to me. And I remember that being a very touching thing to hear. Like I, it was earlier on and like, we didn't even have like Alma yet and he's like you know we're a team you're my teammate I want us to be like in unison all the time and like same goals and stuff and it was just such a nice thing to hear and that's how I really feel that way in my relationship now like I feel like it's a partnership we're a team and so that's different and again it's not to compare like negatively right because I think that my mom was kind of doing what she knew from based on like what she saw growing up in a different country and then coming here I don't think that my mom ever even thought to say somebody should be helping me. You know, I think that she was just like, oh, this is all like I do all of this and did it, you know, happily and very naturally. But I think for me growing up, it is it's very different because it it is more equal when you break down like just labor, finance, we're, you know, right on the same level with everything. And I think what I want to pass on to Alma is that I want I want to pass on to Alma that there's no stigma around divorce, right? So I was talking about in the beginning of the episode, <laughs> I I thought divorce was pretty normal. I didn't, I'm like, you know, most people, some people stay together, most people don't. That was kind of my belief. So I do want her to feel like maybe not so much like me growing up where I like wasn't sensitive to kids that were going through divorce. Like, I don't want her to be like that, but I do want her to feel like, girl, you're not stuck. Like, yeah, you got your options. If you don't like it, you can <laughs> buy and you know, do something else. So I guess I'll pass on a little bit of that to her. I hope. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's, yeah, that's something definitely to pass on. Yeah. So what about you, Priya? Interestingly, my parents have evolved too. More recently, I would say in the last, I don't know, 10 years, maybe since I've become an adult, where there's still a division of labor by gender, but my dad will recognize when my mom's like not feeling well and he'll like take over. And that's kind of what Wilson does. We don't have a division of labor by gender. You know, whoever's feeling the best or can do the most in that moment is doing it. You know, Mm -hmm. we communicate with each other 
about like what we want to do that day, like who's cooking, who's doing the girls' lunches, like a real partnership with open communication. Whereas my parents kind of just like sussed each other out, like looked at each other to see who's going to do what. (laughs) Um, And with Maya and Zoe, I want them to want to talk to both of us about anything, whether they think we're going to they're going to get in trouble or, you know, I don't want stigma around that. I want them to come to us if they have a problem. Like I was always afraid to go to my parents to talk to them about a problem. In fact, yesterday, Maya was talking to Wilson about how she only enjoys playing with boys right now because the girls are kind of mean to her. Mm -hmm. And so we're like, that's fine. Like you do what makes you happy and surround yourself with people that make you happy. And my goal for her is for, for both of them, but she's a little bit older, is to learn how to be happy to and to be true to yourself, not to live by these like random rules that were created hundreds of years ago and that that matters. And that also that you can take care of yourself because mommy's got money that she wants to spend on like retirement. But <laughs> I want you to be happy and healthy and figure that out. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I feel, I feel the same exact way what you guys are saying. I think it's my parents as well, Priya, like they're, they've really evolved a lot more in the last 10 years, especially like with my sister and I just on top of my dad being like, you got to treat mom better or whatever. But also I think that's the key to the division of labor, not by gender. That's how in our all our homes I think that's something we all have in common in this equal partnership I think that's the key to the modern love today if you feel supported and you feel like you're on the same page as your partner that is such a solid foundation for love it's also like we like all communicate so much yes (laughs) Um, you know about like I'm tired right now you do this and that's also a big difference is growing up there was so much that wasn't said and people just did you Mm -hmm. know based on like what they knew but then for us it's like there's so much talking (laughs) like sometimes (laughs) it's good sometimes it's bad but I think overall you know it's it's great but it's there's a lot more communication in our homes for sure yeah yeah Mm -hmm. for sure sorry Priya you were gonna say something actually it took me a while to communicate because I was so used to being like around an environment that was you know just based on like the looks on everybody's faces and Wilson was (laughs) like no we got to talk more we got to talk more and that happened early on I took on a lot of that subliminal stuff and I had to unlearn it. Yes. And as I'm unlearning it, I have to make sure that I'm intentional with my kids. Yes. Right. Yep. That's so important. So I I have a question. I think this is a good way to wrap up today. So when do you guys think that you're going to let your kids date? Steph, what about you? You go first. You know, I think even though we're all sounding very woke and very (laughs) like very dope right now. I have some of that stuff in me, dude. So it's yep. like, I don't know that I'm trying to have Alma, like his boyfriends come over and like pick her up on a date. Like I, I want her to be a little bit older. Like I don't, mm, like if it has to happen in high school, but maybe she's like a senior, you know, yeah. I don't want it to be like, she's a freshman in high school and it's like, oh, like this boy likes me and he wants to come sit in the living room today. I'm gonna be like, no, let him <laughs> FaceTime him. Yeah. FaceTime yeah. him. I don't want him in my house. 
um, but maybe when she's like 18 but I that's so unrealistic because you know think about it like didn't we all have like a little boyfriend in middle school or something or like a yes. face you know whatever like or crushes and you know so it, it's unrealistic I would just like for her to be a little bit mature before she's like oh, I want to like date or whatever you know I don't want to have to tolerate some little herb in my basement when she's 14. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's such a good point of reference, like her maturity level, you know, and maybe she'll be mature as a 14 year old. (laughs) Fingers crossed. (laughs) I can hope. Yeah. Priya, what about you? Well, I'm glad this is a podcast because if you saw the look on my face, I (laughs) (laughs) I know it's something we don't want to think about, but kind of got to think about. Yeah, I Actually, I asked Wilson that, and he's like, we can't talk about that. Mr. Communication didn't want to talk about when I was <laughs> Of course. I think as long as we have open lines of communication, and she can explain to me why she wants to date this person, girl or guy, right? Then I'm willing to, like, let her do it, kind of supervise, depending on the age. I mean, I'm a high school teacher, so I'm going to be real. I also taught middle school. And I teach science. So the questions I got, I know these kids are like trying to date at like 12 and 13 years old. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that like what Steph said, that she's mature. And with maturity comes the ability to say like, oh, like that's not for me. Mm-hmm. Like the, right. They're not, they're not in their right mind to be, for, for me to be dating them. Sure. They might be like yeah. hot or cute or whatever the words kids use these days, <laughs> but to have a conversation about it. But at the end of the day, I'm going to like, if she's, if they're like ha- watching a movie in our den or whatever, you know, I'm going to be putting my head down there. Like, you want a snack? Yeah. Sure, I want a snack. <laughs> <laughs> Here's some garlic covered onion rings. Enjoy. <laughs> Girl. Yes. No water. Yep. <laughs> I have, I have, a, I have another question too. But before it lose, what, when do you think? Because it's different for you, because you're, you're raising a boy, you know, know. and what, whoever part, whatever partner Leo chooses. But yeah, it, it's different. So, what about you? Yeah, I think you guys kind of just made me realize an unconscious bias that I have, and I'm like, it's this is so bad, but I'll admit it. Like, I'm like, he's a boy, whenever, you know, but that's not right. Because what if I have a daughter next, it's got to be the same rules. And even Mike says that like same rules for everybody. So I think Steph, I'm going to steal a play from your book about maturity level. I would say if I have to put like a tangible mark on it, I would say probably high school, but I would want them to be informed. I'd want them to, I'd want to be really real with them about expectations and everything. Because I remember in high school I had crushes and I just hated not being allowed to date because if I did date it would be behind my parents back and it was like stressful and you know so I think I just want them if they do start dating in high school I want them to be really well informed of like what the what it's going to be like what how you should be treated how you should treat other people and to really be in tune with your feelings if you're feeling like you're not happy or disrespected or hurt you either got to speak up or you got to let them go but easier said than done you probably will see me keep them like hold up until college. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel uh, in hearing you talk about your unconscious bias, I realize my own and it's that I'm like, yo, I want I, I just a little part of me just wants to tell Alma like yo, these little boys ain't shit. <laughs> 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 but then you're raising Leo and I'm sure he 
he's gonna be great. So it's, no, that's man, not true. He probably but that's, shit. <laughs> but that's my unconscious bias. I'm like, girl, why you wanna date these boys? They ain't shit. <laughs> Bring yeah. a herb to my house. Yep. Let me sit him down. Let me look him in the eye. <laughs> no, you're right. So my my next question was in in trying to raise you know like mature woke kids that we want to have these like really good conversations about dating and stuff when are you guys gonna talk to your kids about sex now as we were talking about it like I'm like you know we want our kids to be mature when they talk about dating I want to have a conversation with my daughter about sex before she tells me she's gonna start dating like yeah I I think that's part of being informed obviously I'm I don't want to her to think like because I'm allowing you to date that you know this is the next logical step but I think it's also important because also a conversation that never happened for me growing up like I right right my mom actually did talk to me about it and it was awkward af but I'm grateful she did what'd she say (laughs) she I think she was just really she didn't use like any metaphors like birds or bees shit because does that even exist in our culture I don't know but she Mm -hmm. just said like a man and a woman you know he and (laughs) I'm using like hand (laughs) gestures but she told me like the physical part or whatever and then that's how babies are born and all that so I I I am grateful for that how old were you I feel like I was a tween I was like 11 or 12 so do you guys think middle school is like a good age to have that talk yeah I think for a lot of middle school kids yeah whether they're mature or not because they just get exposed to it like they just you know they see it in like stuff that they're watching and you know they're hitting puberty their hormones get crazy they get really smelly in middle school so maybe around the time when they start to stink, <laughs> around the time that they start to stink you should be like hey let's have a chat about sex <laughs> you know while we're buying deodorant let's just you know yeah. hang out in the car for a little bit yeah yeah I mean, if I went with my mom's way, I could probably like do that, you know, when my comes home from my parents, they're like, no monkey business. And I could just apply to everything. Yeah, <laughs> no monkey business. <laughs> but <laughs> I think probably middle school, only because like my experience with middle school kids is that they'll engage in things and not know what the safety around it is. And, you know, Steph and I have girls, so the conversation around periods kind of like rolls into the conversation about sex. Right, right. So probably, probably when she's like ten or eleven, because schools don't have time to do the conversations around sex the mm-hmm. right way and answer all of the questions without the kids feeling like stigmatized. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, thank you so much, ladies. For I just always love you know, these conversations, I feel like I learned so much from other moms and today was no exception. So thank you guys. And we'll see you for the next mommyhood of thread. Bye. Bye.